1: This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans, for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking
2: points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of The View from the Gladys Street podcast on the Royal Blue Acast channel. I'm your host, Ian Kroll, and joining me on this week's fan show, we have Rob Astle. Hello, Rob. Evening, mate. Um, how's the over from last night's Royal Blue live event? A uh,
1: Bit of a sore head this morning going into work, but...
2: I was slowly planning through the day. (laughs) I woke up like a bag of garbage this morning. Um, It was a good night at the Royal Blue Lab event last night, wasn't it? And we uh, we ended up having a a couple of drinks and uh, shared a couple of stories with... uh, Or we ended up listening to a couple of stories from Alan Myers, Michael Ball and the rest of the panel, so it was a good night. Um, Anyway, moving on, we also have the return of Tom Clark. You all right, Tom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom's from the the Toffee Blues Twitter account, um, Top Blue. Um, Just a quick run through today's... Agenda, there's plenty to talk about. So, in a nutshell, it's going to be Cardiff, Machere and Liverpool. They are the three topics up for the discussion in today's show. Everton's resigned 3 0 win over Cardiff. It's three years to the week since Farhad Machere became Everton's majority shareholder. We're going to uh, take a look at his time in charge. And of course, we have the small matter of the Merseyside derby at Goodison Park on Sunday afternoon. Um, lads, let's go straight into the positives then. Tom, um, Cardiff 3-0 win um, feels like it's been a long time coming but that second half display was that more of a, a Marco Silva team
0: definitely second half yeah I think we needed one or even two goals to properly get into it because I, th- I thought the first half was a bit slow and um, it- we only really got going after the two goals and um but that, it was a bit of a throwback into when we were playing well at the start of the season. Obviously, as you say, Marco Silva, that's the style he wants to play. It was quite free-flowing in the end when we actually got going. But whether we can keep that going is a, is a different matter because obviously we had a few wins over Christmas and we weren't able to keep it up. We were quite inconsistent over Christmas. So if we can take the momentum into the derby and keep it up, then then we'll be flying. But um, yeah, it was definitely, it was a positive against a pretty weak opposition, but it's some form we can, uh, we can take something out of and hopefully take into the derby, yeah.
2: Rob, Tom's just said there about, you know, it was kind of Marco Silva style of play, but, you know, we're all kind of thinking Marco Silver style of play is, is, you know, building up from the back and playing out from the back. But for me, it was more of a, OK, we did try to do that at times, but it was more, we were more effective when we were on, you know, playing on the counter for me. Yeah, definitely. You know, when we sat back and we, we kind of used the,
1: the pace to get forward then um, Bernard, especially when he came on. Um, showed that um, but just to echo what Tom said there it was good result. I felt felt the first half was more it's like we just looked a bit rusty you know mm. we just had nearly three weeks off there haven't we and um, and then we got the, we got a goal just at the right time you know right on half time um, and then I, I felt after that we we didn't really look in any real danger um, but yeah you know if we do build out from the back on the silver you know, we've got a We've got to learn to to get in behind, haven't we? I think that's what we struggle with a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe playing on the counter does suit us a lot more. You know, and coming into to Sunday, sorry. You know, if you sit back against Liverpool team, they'll struggle to break people down.
2: And it was a lot more attractive on the eye. I thought. You know, the, yeah, the fast and peace flow football. You know, that goal for the specifically the third goal. Yeah. The way we broke and it just the kind of get brought it out. And yeah. what a three ball that was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a great finish and great finish from Calvert-Lewin as well. The you know, there was a few murmurings, wasn't there, before kick off with the team selection. <laughs> so, it's just insane, isn't it, the way th- the way things go, but was was Silva brave in in what he did or very brave? I thought I mean I, I spoke about it
1: on Twitter. I, I, just, I just couldn't based on what we we've put up with all season in terms of the team selection, it was a shock, wasn't it, you know. Mm. I think Jagielski was probably the, you know the one that wasn't the exception, really, because we he had to play. Mina wasn't fit, and Zuma was suspended. So, but to see Walcott in there again, and then Snarling as well, it was just crazy. But Fear the you worst. know, he's it, it, he's obviously had these now for you know, for 17 days where he's trained with them, and he's got they've obviously done something in training to, to warrant staying in the team or bringing
2: brought, brought back into the team. And you know, it, it's a risk that paid off in the end. Was the 17 day break then just what the doctor ordered, really? Is it what we needed? I mean, Rob said there we did look a little bit rusty. I mean, we could have conceded, couldn't we, in the first five minutes? Um, But has that break done Is the world of good then?
0: Hopefully, I didn't see um, the frailties in defending set pieces as much. I don't think we we were subject to too many, um, but we didn't see. I was hoping we we're going to work on it in during the break. Hope we hoping we're going to use that to really hammer home on Mark. And I'm not sure if we did that. And there wasn't too much evidence of it, but uh, I do think we needed a bit of a break because we were playing really badly and just kept on. We were stuck in this rut kind of thing. Hopefully that'll get us out of the rut. Now we've come back with a win. But yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting team selection. I'm not sure what he sees in Theo Walcott. Maybe he just trains out of his skin because in matches, I don't. He makes the right runs, but he can't finish. And I don't think. If we're, if we're going to be a team of players on the counter-attack and he can't finish, mm. um, that's that's questionable. And I think he said about the Morgan Schneiderlin one, I think he said he's trained well in the break. So uh, I'm sure it's done him the world good, the break, Morgan Schneiderlin, because obviously he must have been training well to towards his place in the team, but to drop Andre Gomez for him, that's a very big decision considering how well that Gomez has done. Since a brave he's come decision in, as well.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Is it justified though, because Gomez hasn't been great, has he, the past couple of weeks really? I mean, no one's been great, don't get me wrong, but it's a bit, it was a big call, I get, I get that. Yeah, you know
1: he, he, he's used a squad, hasn't he? He's, he? We, you know, we we kind of forget we've got Snidal and we kind of forget we've got McCarthy at times. And you know, you think Andre Gomez is this, and he is. A good, you know, he's a good player. He's played well for us this season, but he has looked a bit jaded. So maybe a bit of time off the team will do him the world of good in the end.
2: What is it with Snyderland no, though? Because sometimes he, the lad's obviously got it, hasn't he? he can obviously play football but in a, in a way is that detrimental to him because sometimes you think well, when he's playing and he's not playing well it, it's probably because he doesn't really care. Yeah. Is that unfair? Uh, he, he, look, he, he looks that fear? a bit lazy. For me he looks a bit lazy especially if things aren't going well. I thought
1: he was one of the first to down to us last season yeah. under Cumin and Allardyce. He just didn't look interested. But you know, we, we know he's got the quality because we've seen it before and he, yeah, he's just a funny one to be in, to have in the team. He, he, he's, but he played well on 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 Tuesday, and you can't you know, you can't fault him for it. And for me, he, he probably ends up a, a starting place on Sunday as well. Well,
2: we'll come to that in terms of um, derby team selection. But Tom, another player who's proved his doubters wrong, um, Gilfie Sigurdsson, the main man on on Tuesday scoring two goals and obviously having a huge impact he's he's had a lot of doubters especially in this podcast I've been one of them to be honest not saying that he's not a good footballer just don't think he probably suits the the style of play that Silver's trying to implement and he should either be dropped I I said at the start he should either be dropped um, or you know set back a little bit deeper but what do I know anyway? Um, but Sigurdsson, yeah. What, what what did you make of the performance? Is he is he silenced me and those other critics? Even
0: him in the first half, though. I didn't think. I think he made one more pass than Pickford in the first half, Sigurdsson, and then he ended up being the hero of the game. Um, he was clinical when he got his chances. Um, yeah, it was good performance. He t- he took his chances, but it was a slow first half for him and a lot of others as well. To be fair, but obviously, hopefully, that'll get him into the game now because he does disappear from games quite often, to be honest, um, this season anyway. And that's not what he wants. He's meant to be the focal point of the team. He's the number mm. 10. He's got to get things Run the happening. game and stuff. Yeah, but I get what you mean about, about not fitting in, maybe because we want to play a counter-attack and, um, style of play and he's not the paciest number 10. But um, he can make things happen. He can play those three balls. And obviously, he's threat from set pieces and, um, and from his deliveries as well, which is what we want. But um, yeah, he performed better um, last night and it's undertaken sort of to the derby. And I think... Maybe it'll play him back into form. Hopefully, boost his confidence because he has been dis- disappearing. Maybe that's what all he needed to get back into form. Hopefully.
2: I mean, Rob. The, the questions. Obviously, it's probably easy to to answer. Following on from a performance like that, but are we better with Gilfie Sigurdsson in the team than not having him in the team? Yeah,
1: well, it, it, I said last week he was a luxury player, and I still I do kind of still stick by that. You know that that midfielder was getting walked over up until the break, and I felt like he was just drifting through games rather than being really involved so I felt like he needed time out the team but then if you look at his goals this season he's matched for Charleston now hasn't he at Mm -hmm. the end of the day well I think he's gone above for Charleston hasn't he so he's obviously He's obviously integral to the team, but it's and like you said there, it's finding that place for him. And, and I do
2: think he may be suited to a little bit of a deeper role. Well, do we need to assess our expectations then of what Sigurdsson can bring to the team? Because he obviously can bring that to the team, can't he? You know, goals like that and, yeah. you know, the moments. But I think it's safe to say, like we just said there with Tom, that he's not going to be able to like run a game, is he, for 80, 90 minutes on the ball? You know, I mean, really, is that again, is that, is that unfair to say? Not really, no, is it? It, it, it's. You probably have to agree with that. Because it's,
1: it's, it's, there's quite a few players in that team now who were enigmas in a way of a fan and the right that right I place for them. And you know, maybe if you took, if you played the one defensive midfielder in and it's in just a guy, and then stuck Sigurdsson there, so he can maybe maybe Bernardo suit that number ten role a little bit better. He's mm. got the pace. He's got the the low center of gravity where he. You know he's quite nifty, nippy, and things like that, and he can, he can, and he can certainly pick a pass out as well. I don't know, but you'll have, you'll just have to see see what Silva's plan is for him eventually. I think you'll probably see next season more, more so where Guilfi fits in, because obviously Silva's going to put more of his own imprints imprint on the team. Mm. He's kind of using what he's got at the minute. What, what a manager, two manager, two managers go bought, um, but we can't really argue against this goal, can we? And what he's bringing to the team at the minute he, he, it's him and, it's between him and Charles who was, was supplying the goals
2: um, Tom it was a solid team performance in the second half anyway we played played very well but you know there was definitely some really good individual performances well, wasn't there? you know the likes of Coleman seemed to I'm not saying back to his best but he he upped his game Guy you know when was the last time we saw just a guy pass a ball like that to Dominic Carver-Lewin like a through ball um, and Dominic Carver-Lewin again scoring a goal like that and um, we 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 haven't had enough of that, have we? Individual performances from from certain players throughout the season, and it's probably it's where it's led us down, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think so. And um, probably just after the derby as well. I was reading an article from Sky Sports um, earlier today about the amount of sprints we've had in a game. I think last night was the most, one of the most we've had all season um in terms of sprints up the pitch because we did take our foot off the pe- pedal a bit and we were a bit downtrodden after the derby, the last derby, and it did, I do think that like dropped our spirits a little bit and we stopped running as much in games and we started that last night again in the second half, certainly. And I just say, the ind- individual performances, I thought Coleman was much better. He has been shaky in the season, I've been first to criticise him, but yes, the, he did look a little bit more like, like the old Seamus Coleman and we, we can't reel him out and say he, he's lost that he's gone now, because he can't show that he, he he's still got it. He's not old, he's still got it. Um, so I think that's the, type of performance he needed to get him back to his get him back to his good old ways just before the derby as well, just in time for the derby. Yeah, the were performances, a um, good performance all, all across the park as well. There was a few few other um, good performances, obviously gay on the ball as well. I didn't think I didn't know he was that good on the ball. <laughs> he, looked, he looked world class the way he just he just chessed him past as well. that player the nutmeg. It was gorgeous what he did. That was um, gorgeous lovely. stuff of dreams, yeah. <laughs> he's been criticised enough on the ball but that was he proved all his doubters was wrong.
2: OK, um, I'd say that's it for your, your Cardiff segment there. I think we're certainly happy that we got three points um, and hopefully um, we'll take that into the Liverpool game full of confidence. Um, next segment, as previously mentioned, we're going to talk about Farhad Moshiri and Everton's majority shareholder. Three years to the week since he became Everton's majority shareholder. Um, so we're so just going to take a look back at his time. Um Rob we'll, we'll start start with you on it. Just wanna take you back. Can you remember when Michael and the rumours and it was kind of announced, like what you were what you were feeling at the time, you know, this Iranian billionaire coming into Everton and it was you know, he's coming into to the club, what what were your thoughts? It was a sting time, wasn't it? Because I remember it was
1: rumours of a takeover that started servicing around like the earlier on in the season, just before Christmas, mm-hmm. for some American guy, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Who owned the San Diego Chargers, is it? Or oh, Padres, sorry. And uh, you know, we, they'd done a lot of due diligence on the club and things like that. And then all of a sudden went quiet, and you're like, it's a bit strange. And then the next thing is woke up on Saturday morning. It was like a club announcements. I was like, oh, where's that come from? And at the time I was like, this is the game changer now. You know, if you, look, if, you if you read about Mishiri, you know initially there and then it was like the guy is loaded you know he's you will put money into the club blah 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 and we all thought it was going to be the dawn of a new era i think i think some blues were probably and myself included naively thought we could easily be the next city
2: did you think it was the similar takeover to that
1: yeah early on but then when you read into the detail it was like no i'm gone the guy's nowhere near as Riches Sheikh Mansour and blah blah blah, but you know the initial hysteria around it. I like probably many others thought, you know, we're gonna start doing some damage, you know, and yeah, it, it on the pitch it hasn't really gone to plan, has it? I mean, what are we in now? This is his fourth manager in three years. You know, he sacked Martinez, he sacked Alatise um, and he's obviously gone gone with Silver. but I think he's not. At first I don't think he had the football and men on the board, did he really to or like to, to take the club forward. So he's brought in um Sasha uh, Wright, Wrightson right uh, whatever his name is and, yeah, yeah. and obviously Marcel Brands is on the board now. Um so hopefully now their mistakes are in the past and you know we'll move forward and you'll start to see the evolution on the pitch um within the next season. Um but yeah, he. I read an article yesterday saying Farhad Machiri's pumped X amounts of millions in to finish to go, to go from 11th to 9th and I thought that was a really unfair article because if you look at what he's done off the pitch mm. in regards to the stadium you know we've never come come this close to having a stadium um, you know he, he, he took over more control of the club to give him more you know power over yeah. and things so he's done a lot of good um, but I'm just hoping he's learned from his mistakes in the past.
2: Tom, obviously three years ago now, so it is um a while back, but do you remember it like vividly? Do you remember thinking this is, as Rob said there, this is the dawn of a new era and it could take us on to the higher echelons of, you know, Europe, Premier League European football?
0: Yeah, I was the same at the time. It's something we've been dreaming for. I- dreaming of for a while i think getting a big takeover from an iranian billionaire it's it's the stuff of dreams literally and um, when it happened we just thought that were, sorted. We we're on our way and i think maybe that happened across the across the board because everton fans expectations have been a big talking point over the last few years and i do think when he took over our expectations were just through the roof straight away when we, we knew we've got a billionaire and that has meant that the club struggled at times because of the expectations, fell under the expectations and the players have been affected by that as well. But we are expecting instant results and it does take a while to build a football club and it's not going to happen in one, two or three years. It's probably going to take upwards of five, ten years maybe. So uh, we have got to be patient, but I do think it raised expectations massively and put a quite a big pressure on the squad at the time and we haven't been able to produce results um, consistently at all really. But I do think it will take time because... As, as Rob said, off the pitch, it's been quality. He's he's brought in some really good figures behind, and um, got us close to a stadium. But it just, I think he's he's discovered how difficult everything can be. And um, I think it's a it's a long term project. He's never built a football club like this before, so it's it's quite difficult from where we were to boost us up like that because we've learnt a lot of things. You can't just spend a load of money, just pledge it all out, and just just expect results straight away. We can't do that. We tried that with Steve Walsh and. It's going to take time, it's going to take precision, and I think that's what Marcel Brands has been brought in to do, so hopefully it'll happen in time. But yeah, um, I was made up when he came in, but it will take time.
2: In terms of the City comparison, Rob, is it fair to say that Manchester City probably were very similar, they did the same, but they had the money... You know, in the bank to the rectify mistake. any any mistakes quickly as well. Well, quickly, yeah. Obviously, mm. they managed to win a couple of they, an FA Cup, didn't they, After the, a couple of years and stuff like that. Um, whereas macheri he, he's kind of I don't know what the right way to use is, naive, because he's obviously not naive. He's a billionaire. He's he's a very smart man, and he's coming to the club and he's, he wants to you know stamp his own authority on it. But he knows a lot about the business world, maybe not about the football world. And he thought, right, he's going to throw money at it, throw money at it, throw money at it. Obviously, tried to get the right people in football-wise for Steve when Walt- Steve Walsh and um, Ronald Cooman hasn't worked out. But like I say, the the money obviously has not dried up, but it's it's definitely not as much as what City have mm. had, isn't it? Definitely, yeah.
1: You know, I think he, this season, ever well, ever since Marcel Brands came to the club, it was it was a kind of a thing. Was like we don't operate like that anymore. We aren't paying the, the silly wages. We're not paying the silly transfer fees. You know, everything like you just said there Tom everything's kind of measured um, a lot more measured now and I think hindsight's a wonderful thing in it because imagine he got the decision right straight away and it was Marcel and not Steve Walsh Steve Walsh was a glorified scout you know He, he it was a one-off what he did with Leicester mm. it, it was that he, he didn't have that director of football role at Leicester it was that wasn't what he was mm-hmm.
2: but he's not going to turn down the job is uh, he? certainly
1: not no especially you know, you the can't. kind of the money we were throwing around at the time as well but, you know, imagine if it was, we'd have got it right and we'd have got Marcel Brands in instead of Steve Walsh early on. You know, you'd like to think mistakes wouldn't have been made with the money that, uh, that, that was dished out. And obviously, he's quickly realised that, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not going to... I've just spent upwards of 200-plus million here on players who, who just
2: aren't cutting the grade. Um, so, yeah. Well, on the topic then of... You know not that the, I'm not saying the money's dried up it it's not but he's not we're not gonna spend lavishly like we have done over the past couple of years he, he's stated that in the AGM so is it not a concern for you then that we're expected to spend less than what we've spent already but still to try and compete with the top six no because it's not it'd be a concern
1: if we had a really really small squad does it we are, really- I think our squad's too big at the minute and it does need trimming down so getting mm-hmm. them out to bring in quality I think yeah. it's quality over quantity at the minute what we need and, and we haven't got that at the minute and, and that's why I'm not too concerned because I'm quite happy to see mm-hmm. some of these players leave the
2: club but and- all these players that you're speaking of I assume it's like Balassi, Kevin Morales Sandro um, players who are on long term contracts who are on near enough, over 100 grand a week they're not going to leave the club unless they get paid off or they're going to be offered the same amount so we're going to be stuck with them so we're, we're probably going to be stuck with this for about two, three, four years maybe I think as well well that's where you're going to see Marsha Brands earners money aren't you, you know, it, sorry to interrupt on another question but for Mishiri to say that then as in we're going to have to spend less and I agree more wisely. Does that not put an awful lot of pressure on Marcel Brands to be finding hidden gem after hidden gem after hidden gem? It does, but that's his job. So he's
1: kind of, he's not on the board for nothing. You know, he was very quickly and, you know, promoted to the board, to board level as well. So he obviously, there's obviously something there where he thought, right, okay, there's obviously a plan what he's got of how he wants to do things. And that's why I'm not really too concerned about this, you know, one in one out policy kind of thing, or the you know, it's, it's the new not spending. So obviously, yeah. um, I think I think it makes makes good business sense as well for mm-hmm. the club. Um, you know, I mentioned it. I think I mentioned it last on the last pod. Like I've just got this fear that we're going to turn into Villa. Villa. You know, <laughs> who, who basically spent a load of money. Uh, was it Randy Lerner? Yeah. Who spent you know spent upwards of you know at the time. Big money on on players, and all of a sudden he was just like, "I'm not pumping any more into this." They were chopping and changing managers left, right, and centre, and look where they are now. So and obviously, yeah. So stability with Silver, then. Yeah, and and Brands as well. Not and just not, not not necessarily Marco Silver, just definitely Marcel Brands kind of thing. So I'm quite happy to see someone come in and have a plan and be and be trusted with that, rather than just be just machinery, hiding and firing left, right, and centre.
2: Um, Tom mistakes have certainly been made you know whether it was the right decisions to be you know Saka Martinez Koeman and stuff like that um, you know we'll, pro- we'll probably never know but you know it, it, it's happened but was it was it a mistake to appoint Sam Allardyce from Masherry because at the end of the day it, it was it was his decision
0: it was a safety measure I think. I think with the new stadium being planned as well we had to stay in the Premier League and that was in danger at the time and Fans were panicking, a lot of people were panicking, and if we did get relegated, those plans would be out the window straight away. So I think you thought, we have to stay in the Premier League. Who's going to keep us in the Premier League? Sam Allardyce is going to guarantee it, and he was offering that. Yeah, not just that as well, I think we missed out on Silva, so we had to go for Allardyce, who was the second choice, because obviously plans started to appoint him, and then they scrapped it when um, the possibility of getting silver was, was introduced and then we went back to Allardyce. But um, I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was a stability measure. I don't think it was anything more than that. It was literally just a stopgap, just a measure, just to make sure we don't get relegated from the Premier League because the whole project's out the window then. So I think it was
2: nothing more than that, yeah. And obviously we've, we've talked about you know the past three years and some of the mistakes that, that have been made, but any highlights from, from you really, like from Sherry, from his time at the club? Obviously, the stadiums, you know, obviously, nothing's come out, nothing's happening, like, yet, and it's obviously in the process, nothing's come to fruition yet, but, is the you know, the right noises are being made, but is there any other highlights for you?
0: Yeah, obviously the stadium as well, yeah, and, and the um, the appointment of Marcel Brands, definitely, I think that was a very, very wise move, he's done well to seek him out, and um, to, to get him as well, from, um, from Holland, because, he's, he's, I'd imagine, a lot of clubs were in for him, because he's, he can just, Kind of try and revolutionise a football club, and it, a lot of clubs want that. So, we were, lo- we were lucky to have him, to be honest. So, Mashiri's um, done well to seek him out like that. And um, I just like, th- th- I don't know, I suppose he spends a bit unwisely to start, but just the fact that he's willing to put so much money and so much time and energy into a football club to have someone like that just to come in and try and transform us has been uh, is, is, is being brilliant and hopefully will transform the club in the future.
2: Um, what do we expect? of Machiri now then Rob for the future and do do you trust that he will deliver on everything that he's I do not say promised but you know he's expected to deliver I think I think the stadium will make or break him
1: but there's been enough noise about that and paperwork and things that have been completed and things bought and whatnot for that not to kind of go through now that's just a patience thing now really just that we were three or four years away. So he's got to deliver on that. And then, like we just said there, he's brought the right, we'd we'd like to think he's brought the right people in now to run the club where we can get better, um, better corporate deals. I know we've just signed a new um, uh, commercial deal, deal, you know, which is meant to be far superior to the kit bag one. We've got, um, you know, we've got a proper footballer man and Marcel Brands on the board now so hopefully within the next couple of years we'll see it all start to come into fruition and and then we'll see progress on the pitch then from there um, but the stadium for me is is big if he gets that he's you know he's uh, he'll go down as in, in years and years and years to come he'll go well. he was the guy who built the stadium wherever he is in, 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 mm. at that point in time and you know, we'll always be remembered and commended for doing that for us, really.
2: What's what's more important for you than Tom? Just the stadium? Like, getting the stadium built? Obviously, it's going to be probably another four years, at least until, you know, Everton are playing in a new stadium. Or getting it right, getting it right on the pitch?
0: On the pitch has to come first. I think the stadium is great and I think that would help us as well on the pitch. Um, but it has to come first on the pitch. And I think that's, quite a matter of time away. the place where we're trying to build a stadium is still underwater right now so <laughs> we need to think about what's on the pitch rather than getting um, like I had love for the stadium to happen that's a massive project but we need to focus on the pitch and um, what's happening on it because it's not been going right since he's came in and it's not happened it's not really clicked for us at all um, for a consistent period of time so we need to make sure that happens before the stadium because we can't just put it off and just say oh, it'll all be fine when the stadium comes because we need to get right on the pitch so that uh, Prioritise that to be honest.
2: Um, So, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down then for Mashiri's three year reign? Thumbs up. Thumbs up? Yeah. Okay. Um, To the here and now then, we play Liverpool Sunday. The view
1: from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street Podcast
2: Just feels like these games come around far too quick Like it just, it was only, felt like last week that Pickford was throwing the ball into Origi's uh, <laughs> path But Rob, you know, regardless of the, whether it's obviously Liverpool, Merseyside, Derby, local rivals This is not going to be an easy game, they've just smashed with 5-0 You know, we're going to have our hands full, even after our 3-0 win against Cardiff, I mean Definitely, you know, let's make no mistake they're a good side they're not top of the league for nothing um,
1: and I, but I think what's important for Everton is if this was Liverpool or whoever else we're playing at home the club at the minute needs a home performance we've had some really really poor poor games the Wolves game you know being the main one of the main highlights and it's it's time for us to to get the crowd back on side and what better way to do that against your rivals and you know obviously put a massive dent in what could be their title challenge um, but yeah it's not going to be easy at all which is g- going back to what we were saying earlier on about um, the Cardiff game where we sat back and got them on the counter I think that will be the best way to try and beat them Keep
2: mm. stay compact and just wait just wait for the right moment Okay um, Tom if there was ever a time to beat Liverpool it's got to be Sunday on it you know as Rob said there you know we know our season's over and regardless of whether we beat Liverpool, if we, even if we beat Liverpool on Sunday, um season's still going to be over. I know we've still got the outside chance of Europa League, but this will seriously dent their title aspirations, won't it?
0: Yes, yeah, double motivation really. It's winning the derby and obviously stopping their title chances as well. We're halting them for, uh, temporarily at least. So it's double motivation, but um, it's not our World Cup final, as Klopp, Klopp claimed. Um, after he ran on the pitch in the last one, but um, yeah, it's it's um, it's an important, probably the most important match we've got until the end of the season, um, because we're obviously out of the cups now. We haven't got much to play for. We have got the outside chance of the Europa League, but I wouldn't count on that at the moment. Um, maybe, but it's probably it, it probably is our most important game. So we've we've got a lot riding on it, and it's a Goodison as well. Yeah, obviously going to be a difficult opponent because he just smashed off five 0 as you say, but never know we give, give it a go um, I think we're back to our best formation at the moment I think Marco Silva has gone back to his four-two-three-one. he has been fiddling about with it over the last few games and experimenting but if we can get some consistency on that team now then maybe we, we'll, we'll give them a good go
2: and you've just touched upon go on
1: sorry sorry I was just going to say there you've just mentioned there our season's over and, and you know what from a trophy point of view it is and you know what's kind of fighting for those league positions is. but what would be great is is if this Everton team can finish the season so, so strongly Mm. by starting with the win on Tuesday, just gone. If we go on a really, really good run now, up until the end of the season, not only could we finish in the European spot still, but it kind of gives you that momentum into the into the follow into the next season. You know what happened to Leicester and look what happened to them Mm. with that, you know, and it's so there's a lot to play for and try and take it as like almost like a bit of a blessing in disguise with the teams that we've got to face on because it means we've got to be up and at our best all the time. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a good good point. Like, hopefully the crowd will be up for those big games, yeah. no matter what.
1: Yeah, and if you come away, you know, if you come away with three wins out of, out of four out of them, you know,
2: you'd you be, you be buzzing off that. Um, and I said to you as well a couple of days ago that I've got a feeling... Um, that Wafford and Wolves will hit a bit of a, a poor patch. Yeah. And they've both I mean, I'm only basing this on the fact that they've just lost both their games and we've won. <laughs> um but it's it's always seems to be this time of the season, isn't it? We're coming into is it ten games to go now, eleven, something like that. Um obviously, you know, it's the business end, isn't it? That's where mm. even the business end, even mid table, no matter yeah. no matter what, um, you know, place open for Europa League. So I would if we start picking up points. Like you said, starting with Cardiff, that's just gone and then get a decent result with Liverpool. I think they could start slipping away. Mm. And Europa League is definitely I think it's is it four points where are, away from four, Watford? yeah. Four from Watford, yeah. Fan Wolves are still in seventh. Yeah. On I think four or five. Rob's just checking that for us now oh, just to you. just to confirm. Uh, Tom, just while he does that, you, you touched upon my question uh, before there, but what did Jamaica Cops um, World Cup comments?
0: It was ridiculous to be honest. It just stupid it. Did I'm, it
2: annoy you, or would you just think, "Oh well, um, whatever."
0: Didn't annoy me. I don't think he. I just thought it was a complete contradiction to what he um, what he did in the last derby run on the pitch, and then saying, "Oh, it's their World Cup final." Well, not well. It was a contradiction of um, his like manic celebrations after they they scored the the last minute winner. But um, no, it was, I think it's one of them. It's I don't know if it's mind games, but it's one of them when he's trying to. Um, Trying to belittle the opponent a little bit and um saying, oh, it's it's dead important for them, look at them. Um poor little Everton, but um doesn't doesn't get him my airs, I don't think. It's, it's, it's something to motivate us, if anything. Okay. He's just an attention seeker. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's all he is. You know, it, it, it it's funny, it it'd be interesting to see if we pull a result off on Sunday, what kind of mood he's in after that because when Liverpool's results aren't the best, he's not that he's not you know, he's not this. Little joker anymore. Is he's not looking? You know, he, he doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. Mm. He's, I've stopped listening to Jurgen Klopp, and it, I did. I've never started. To he must. He must genuinely like. I mean, I can see why. Like they all of them, because you know, fish pump into the crowd and things like that.
2: Grow up. <laughs> 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 um, does Silver then stick with a winning team from Cardiff, or does he? Does he change it? Being insistent all morning. Um, <sighs> The
1: only change I'd make is Walcott Walcott in for Luchman. (laughs) Sorry, Luchman in for Um, But
2: Any defence in terms of Zooming in for... um, I don't know because he's tried three at the back a few times, hasn't he, against the big teams and it worked
1: at Chelsea. Um, You know, we played half a game with three at the back and that kind of worked and it'd be interesting to see what he does because obviously I think Zuma would have started no questions asked on Tuesday if if he was available. Yeah. Um yeah. forgot that he was I suspended. forgot he was suspended, yeah. Because <laughs> I was on why are we playing Jack Yelton and then realised what was going on. Um but I'd like to see the manager pick a team that he thinks can beat Liverpool, whether that be keep a winning team or whether it means changing it. Mm. I don't want him just to stick the stick with the players because they beat because 'cause let's only let's 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 we forget here. And no disrespect to them. It was only Cardiff, wasn't it? You know, and so let's see, you know, can Morgan Snyderland do it for, you know, he's not played for since September, I think it was, I think, I, I think I'd read. Mm-hmm. You know, can he do 290 minutes in the space of seven days? I, I don't know, but let, I just want Silva to pick a team that he knows can beat Liverpool or thinks can beat Liverpool, and it doesn't have to necessarily be the same team. I think Jag, the, the thing with Jag Yelker is what I did like about him on Tuesday is that. It's that now and that leadership. You know, he's not the fastest of players, which we obviously saw, mm. you know. And he, apart, But that one but that one mistake aside he made in the first minute, he was great. He just reads the game so well. And I think our defence is a bit naive at times and it does need someone like him, innit? Mm. I can't believe we're saying to, you know, we're talking about the line on a 36, 37-year-old defender, but maybe he's the player we need to bring in. It's the Everton way, innit? Yeah.
2: Back to the wall. Yeah, back to the wall. We, and and our, our fans love that. <laughs> um, do you agree with that, Tom? Do you think, you know, stick with the winning team? or
0: um, He's a Derby player, Jagiel, isn't he? I think, I don't know, because if we've got our best team available, I'd, I'd be tempted to play. Um Zuma back is it a one game ban? Yeah, yeah I'd be tempted to chuck him back in then, to be honest. Um, obviously, he's a Derby player and he's a leader. And we have lack leaders, so um, we, we could deal with him, to be honest, because he's the cl- club captain, isn't he? You could, uh, we could do with him. He's a real Derby player, obviously had that goal, the equaliser that we all loved. But um, I think we've probably got to play with our best team, so I'd put Zima straight back in there. Um, I'd stick stick with the same otherwise apart from, I thought, Richarlison, Richarlison I, did, I didn't mention it, but I thought Richarlison was quite weak against Cardiff. Mm. I don't know if it's droppable, because if it was anyone else, I'd say drop him, but the fact that it's Richarlison, I don't think we should drop him, because his ability-wise, Possibly the best, if not one of the best players in our squad. So, um He's just I'll, not
2: happening for him at the minute, is it?
0: No, nah, not really. And I thought I didn't think I didn't see anything from him really against Cardiff at all. I thought he was he was weak on several occasions, and he he, he was disappointed to be subbed off after about an hour, but he deserved it. And um I don't know if he will go with him um, Bernard instead because Bernard was very good when he came on. Mm. um I'd be tempted to, to go for Bernard and Lockman on the
2: wings maybe dropping him wouldn't be a bad idea just to say give him a, a kick up the backside yeah. and then he would Four Bernard so Bernard would start and Richarlison could be if needed the impact the impact player that yes. well if, if we need it
0: he did that off the bench against um, Man City I think it was wasn't it when he dropped Sigurdsson and yeah. Richarlison he came off the bench he was strong and Burnley as well he yeah. came off the bench for that mm.
2: obviously a few months back now Um how do we hurt Liverpool then? Does the, is the weaknesses in the team that you can, you can think Everton can exploit? It's tough at
0: the moment. They're very strong in all areas of the pitch, I think. They're midfield, though, that that's probably the thing they've switched up the most. Um the they go for the <coughs> same ver, the variation on the same theme, but I think for me, you know, maybe injured for this one, I'm not sure. Um, he wasn't in the squad yesterday, even though Klopp said um, don't don't underestimate his recovery. But um I think he might start with Rigi. so hopefully that's a weakness even though he's gone. Shivers fan, there. He's nailed on for um, for a start after his performance last time and um, Manny up front, I think he'll probably play a central role so that'll be quite dangerous, so that's why I'd be tempted to go for Zoomer over Jaggy Elka. but in terms of their weaknesses, we've got to win that midfield battle and um, whether it means, obviously, gay being str- as strong on the ball as he was in that little move, it'll have to be the midfield battle because... Um, that's the one they've changed up I think they've used I'd love to see how many different variations they've used in midfield this season because it has been quite a few um, so I think if we win that midfield battle
2: that's that's probably the point where we could win the game Ok we'll finish off then on predictions Rob do you want to go first? Uh, we'll win at 1-0 1-0? Yeah Ok I like it So I'm
0: I was going to say Snidey 1-0 as well like last minute last minute Jagielka, top corner again.
2: <laughs> Are you dreaming, Tom? You dreaming?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll go for a 1-0. Do you know sure. what?
2: I, was, I genuinely, I was going to say 1-0 to us. So it's it's going to happen. Clean <laughs> sweep for a the 1-0 there, so you never know. Just please, just God, just beat them just once. <laughs> We've got to beat them at least it's once, so, haven't we? Sometimes. Some, it's got to The Lord of Averages states a duo win. <laughs> and there's never a better time to do it. Yeah. Messing up their uh, title charge. Anyway, that's it for your uh, view from the Gladys Street fan podcast on the Royal Blue ACAS channel. Appreciate you listening. Um, Rob, thanks for coming in. Tom, thanks for coming in. And we will be back with you with the fan podcast next Monday, where we will be discussing and hopefully celebrating a Liverpool, um, well, an Everton win over Liverpool. Thanks very much.
1: You've been listening to the view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.